Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Betsy. Hey, Kate. You know what really grinds my gears? What makes those gears grind, Kate? We're like a weekish away from 4th of July, and people are doing fireworks every night. Yeah. Every can I, night. Can I tell you like a funny story? Sure. So I, um, as part of my library's internal newsletter, I looked up news items from Evanston from 1925 to say, hey, what was 4th of July back like back then? And there was a big article that was talking about the 4th of July scofflaws who were using illegal fireworks when they shouldn't have because fireworks aren't legal in this town. Right. It could have been written today, except <laughs> it used the word scofflaw in right. the title, which was awesome. <laughs> so this is the part of the podcast where you say your name and then I say my name. Oh, I'm Kate. I'm Betsy. Now, this is the part of the podcast where we say what the name of the podcast is. Uh, Fuse 8 and Kate. Very good. And then finally, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about what we do on the podcast. Oh, we complain about fireworks. <sighs> we were doing so well. We were doing so well. You <laughs> okay. had it. You had it. And then at the last minute, that's you dropped did. it. You dropped did. it on the ground. We do do that, but not every week, Kate. Oh. Not every week. What do we do every week? <laughs> Same thing we do every week, Betsy. <laughs> Try to take, take over the, the world. world. <laughs> Not untrue. One um, picture book at a time. <laughs> Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Pinky? <laughs> I can't. I can't. You have on. to. You, you know what my favorite one is? Can I just say it? Yeah. Me and Pippi Longstocking, what would the children look like? <laughs> That's my favorite. That is my favorite. Right. Sorry, guys. We're just going to do Animaniacs quotes for the rest of the night. No, we look at picture books and we determine if they're good or not. Yeah. And okay, so. I'm very excited about this week's because I thought I knew where this one was going to go. And then I did some research and it took a sharp right turn and goes in a completely different direction. And I'm so excited about it. Uh, we're, we're going to do a book today that is beloved to many people. Or is it? Or is it not? It's, it, it's going to go back and forth. This is going to be very dramatic. I'm very excited. Are you ready for this book? Okay. I'm pulling it out now. All right. Bye. Well, it's Pete Seeger's song, story song. Well, it's Pete Seeger. We'll, we'll just say that. Yes. And illustrated by Michael Hayes. Yes. Have you ever heard of Abby Yo-Yo? No. He just did not write re, like watch enough reading Rainbow back in the day because this was a big reading Rainbow book. I back watched in the day. it. I just didn't absorb it. That's all. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm gonna take that as truth. Uh, yeah, this was this was a big episode of Green Rainbow. Uh, it's a Pete Seeger. He originally, I believe, made this song in like 1953, and then eventually turned it into a picture book, which was around the 1980s. Uh, they were turning a lot of classic 60s folk songs into picture books. Uh, oh, how well I remember uh, the Simon and Garfunkel song uh, "It's All Happening at the Zoo," which was maybe one of the worst picture books of all time i must say anyway 
this was a classic 60s folk song that well not really this was a classic yeah no it's like 1963 1964 song that was adapted into a picture book okay. and uh let's see how it turned out all right all right while kate does her read let's look at a little background information on where exactly this book came from Okay, so according to the illustrator of this book, Michael Hayes, and his website, he has an entire story there about where Pete Seeger got this story. So, he writes, Pete discovered Abiyoyo in a book of songs from South Africa. Abiyoyo is a song in a language called Xhosa. You pronounce the X-H with a clicking sound. Abiyoyo is a simple little tune. The lyrics and musical notes of the song were transcribed in Pete's South African songbook. Its lyrics include only one word, and the melody uses only five notes. Pete taught himself to sing the tune. One evening, trying to get his kids to fall asleep, Pete sang the Abba Yo-Yo lullaby. The kids bargained for more. No, no, we want a story! Pete then made up his own Abba Yo-Yo tale, a story for his kids. Now, luckily, Pete had found a short footnote at the bottom of the page in his South African songbook, and it read, This lullaby is part of an ancient tale about a monster who eats people. The parents get it dancing, and when it falls down in a fit, it is dispatched by the parents. Pete had always enjoyed the wonderful stories his dad had made up for him when he was a little kid. Pete made up his own Abiyoyo story based on this footnote. With every retelling, he and his kids added more new details— he made the dad a magician with a magic wand. He gave his favorite childhood musical instrument, a ukulele, to the boy in his Abiyoyo story. So, of course, the scholar in me reads this and then kind of wonders, what was that book that Pete Seeger had? It's never mentioned anywhere else in terms of, like, it's never named. We never get the name of the book. And I read elsewhere um, that this is a Bantu lullaby based on a South African tale about a monster named Abiyoyo who steals away misbehaving children. And Abiyoyo is sung over and over to neutralize the monster so he can be dispensed with in that original song. So what was the book that Pete got this from? The answer will not come up. It will not surprise you. I will not be giving you the answer to this. However... Other information about this song will come out, and I found it a little bit surprising. Hey, we're back. You're back. I'm back. We're all back. We're back. We're back. We are back. With the sound of fireworks in the background. So I hear nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. If you're hearing fireworks where there aren't young, none. Right. None. I think when you're older, you lose your hearing first. So. Uh, I think when you're younger, you're insane. So there you go. All evens out. So in the beginning of this book, there's like a... I don't know what to call this. That's a foreword. Okay. I'm going to call that a foreword. So there's a foreword by That's Pete. a long old foreword. That's like a several paragraphs long foreword. Yeah, he's pretty much just saying you can make the story whatever you want, you know. Which Nobody is... does, but sure. But I, I do like, though, uh, so it's written by Pete Seeger, and he says, I still feel that music, dance, and all arts are important tools to help the human race survive, subduing the beast in all of us. Which I was like, that's a nice quote. That is a nice quote. It's a nice, it's a nice to... sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. So let's get into the story, shall we? Okie dokie. What's the story about? Uh, so you got this father and son... And the father does magic, and the son plays a ukulele. Like you do. In a very... It's just your typical... This is like the opposite of the Steven Universe TV show. Okay, yeah. 
So in a very um, multicultural neighborhood. It is it is a curiously multicultural neighborhood, yes, in that it seems to have not simply people of other races, but people of other nations. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the best way to put we'll, it. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the father loves to play tricks on people because we, he likes to make things disappear with his magic wand. Which, the detail on the magic wand reminds me of that Coexist bumper sticker. Ah! You know, it's got the, uh, <laughs> the cross, the Star David, sure, yeah. the uh-huh. yin and the yang sign. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's got that <laughs> on his magic wand, which I was like, okay. I'm sure the illustrator would be very pleased to hear you say that when you talk about his art. Yes. Mind me of a bumper sticker. It's like a famous bumper sticker. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so as you turn the pages, you can see that he's making different things disappear for people. Like, as they're working, you know, he makes uh, saws disappear, you know, while they're trying to cut wood or they're trying to drink water and a cup disappears. But I mean, that's not how you get people to like you. No. It's really a bad idea. It's impressive, though. Oh, yeah, no, sure, you can do it. But after the first time you do it, it gets a little old. It's like, yeah, we knew you could do that. Don't do that. But this is the page that makes me go, uh... Because Things that make you go, uh... It, it's a variety of, like, ethnicities and cultures. Do you see what I see? Yeah. Would you consider Boy. this page offensive? Yeah, I'm afraid I would. I... You know what? I have... I did not remember this page. I haven't read this book in a long time. I think we should put this page on Instagram and ask the yeah. viewers, do you find this page offensive? I think that's a great idea. Yes. Good okay. call. Uh, right. So all these people, you know, are, are mad at the father. Even be- the Tibetan bone monk guy. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody. <laughs> and, they, and they kick the father and the son to the edge of town, which I thought it was interesting that the father can make items disappear, but not people because I feel like if yeah, he made... Wouldn't he be like the most powerful person in town? If he made a person disappear, I'm pretty sure the rest of the town folk uh, would not have a problem oh, with yeah, him. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, that was, that was funny how you made Matai disappear. Please don't hurt me. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they would not be forced to the edge of town. It'd be like that Twilight Zone episode with the kid who has the magic powers. Okay. Trust me on it. Okay. okay. Then we get to a part that confuses me. Okay. Because it says that in this town, they used to tell stories about this giant named Abiyoyo, uh, who was as tall as a tree and could eat people. Um, but it says, of course, nobody believed the story, but they told it anyway. And then you flip the page, and it starts with, one day, one day, the sun rose blood red over the hill, and it's setting up this, like, yeah. what I thought was a story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Later, I learn it's not a story. It's in real time. Yeah, this is in real time. Like, I'm going to tell you a story about Abby Yo-Yo. Cut to Abby Yo-Yo. Right, which who confused is just, me. Yeah, who just happens to pick that exact moment to come to town. Yeah, I, I, that was not clear to me uh, at all. And I wish it had been because I, it made me go, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can understand. You have to, like, double back. Yeah, the the uh, silhouette of Abby Yo-Yo reminds me of Sasquatch. Oh, yeah, sure. If you yeah. needed mm-hmm. to, like, get an idea of, yeah, yeah. you know. What... He has a very Sasquatchy kind of look to him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sasquatch light. Should I diet Sasquatch? Diet Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, right. So, um, he comes, mm-hmm. Abiyoyo comes to a sheep pasture, and he starts eating whole sheep and whole cows because he's a big boy. I'm sorry. 
I don't care who you are. That is a terrifying image. Maybe it's a fact he's in silhouette and you can't make out his features. He's kind of angular in a, in a strange way, but he's got a whole, I think that's a, that's a sheep, I guess. It is, and he's just going to eat it just alive. Cause he's a big boy. He's eating it alive. And then you have this shepherd from Nazareth. Oh. That's like running yeah. away. Yep. That's uh that's a shepherd <laughs> watching his flock by day. <laughs> Bye. And yeah, and he's got this a lot lamb. less sheep now. He's uh, got yeah. a lamb and he's making a run for mm-hmm. it. Then all of a sudden, then we see the father and the boy, and I'm like, oh, wait, no. Okay, so this is now. Got yeah, it. this is now. Yeah, sorry. Uh, okay. Um, so they see uh, this creature outside their window, and the father's like, oh, if only I could get him down, then I can make him disappear. I don't know how that makes sense. It's uh, that's I, I believe that's physics, uh, Kate. So you see, if it's if it's a certain mass amount, and if it was lying down, mass wouldn't change. No. I have no idea. I have yeah. no idea. So Actually, why does whether it's, it's just easier lying down? That's all. So really? much easier because it's less... it doesn't have the spell doesn't have to go up so high. <laughs> it just has I, to go long, less effort, less that's... energy. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, the father and the boy go to the field where this creature is. Meanwhile, all the townsfolk are yelling, don't get near him. He's going to eat you. Yeah, it's nice they're concerned. Oh, they kicked now him out of town. they're trying to protect the father Well, there the wasn't an Abbey Yo-Yo outside before. They ostracized them. Yeah, Why should they... they just ostracized him. But to be fair, to be fair. he was... Why? Yeah. He Why? was super annoying. Why would they care about them now? Well, look. If you it, look, you can throw someone out of town. It doesn't mean you want them to be eaten alive by a monster. I mean, that's a, that's a big leap right there. I don't know. I'm like, you guys are flip flopping, and then you got this woman down here who is just shaking she looks her... seriously distraught. Right? Yeah. Well, if you're about to watch someone being eaten alive by a monster, you would be distraught too. Or maybe a child. Maybe and a child. Be... There is a child involved here. Yeah. yeah. Children like, in eat peril. Eat the dude with the with the with the magic wand. <laughs> we don't care. Just don't. Would <laughs> somebody don't please think of the children? Somebody say. So right. So they get up to this monster who's wearing clothes. Yeah, he's like the Hulk. So I'm like, okay, where does Abiyoyo get his clothes? Because he's wearing overalls. Well, he clearly makes them himself, right? So it's like, Oshkosh, Bik- oh my God. <laughs> That's the commercial. Oshkosh, but oh my God. Yeah. It's harder to say than you would think. <laughs> Doesn't come trippingly off the tongue. Not so much. Uh, so they come up to the monster and immediately the boy starts whipping out his ukulele and singing this song. And I looked at, you know, they have a little bit of sheet music on yeah, the page. Yeah, yeah, you could play that. And I looked at it and I'm like, this is a waltz. Oh, he chose to play a waltz. Are you sure it's a waltz? Yes. I am a thousand Abby percent yo, sure. Abby yo, yo, Abby it's, yo, it's yo, yo, one, yo, two, yo. three, one, two, three. Abby yo, yo, Abby yo, yo, Abby yo, yo. Uh, why a waltz? maybe monsters like to waltz beauty and the beast dude uh, so then he three words he beauty keeps, and the beast wait that's four he's he never heard so abiyoyo's never heard a song about himself and he really likes it so he starts to dance who wouldn't like a song about themselves and then the boy plays it faster which if abiyoyo is trying to do like the box step proper yeah, waltz oh, dance yeah. and you try doing that quickly that's hard Right, you're about he's doing like a grapevine and he's just stumbling. You're over gonna himself. trip yeah. over your feet. Heck yeah, you are. So this is a smart kid for choosing a waltz. 
I see where your logic goes. But Very he clever. must have known that Abiyoyo knows the box step uh, <laughs> exactly. for to do the waltz. I mean, it's a giant assumption, but it was a risk. Ooh, giant assumption. Uh, see what you did uh, there. Uh, yeah, okay. So, right. So Abiyoyo, he gets out of breath. He staggers and he falls to the ground. At that point, the father is able to make him disappear because of some <laughs> magic rule. You need <laughs> to be laying rule. on the ground. Yep. Anyway, I keep lay lines. They keep showing like the sheet music for the song, and it just mm. made me really want to play the piano. You could have, you could have taken this downstairs and played it on your piano. I could have. Well, if anybody plays piano or guitar, mm. they can check out this book and play it. it it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so right, they make this giant monster disappear, and all the townsfolk are so happy, and they say, "Bring your darn ukulele. We don't care anymore." Come back to town. What did the ukulele ever do to them? It was the magic wand that was the problem. They, they found it was annoying, apparently. Oh, well, if you've ever heard anyone trying to learn the ukulele, <laughs> maybe not that often. He's a child. But he's a child trying to learn an instrument. Exactly. And he just saved your lives. <laughs> so, uh, right. So they're all happy. They're all cheering. They're all playing this song. And at the very end, you know, they've got him up on... Uh, They've got the father and the boy up on their shoulders and there's a giant parade and there's streamers. And then you get the full sheet music where you can see exactly it's in three, four time, which is a waltz. All right. All right. You can see that. I can see the waltz point. It needs an F sharp and a C sharp. And then you have the chords. See if you want to play on a guitar, you can see the chord progression. Uh, Yeah. But then on the last page, it has the illustrator's name and the year. Just feels a little tacky, doesn't it? What, What year is it? uh 1985 okay that sounds about right uh, but why would you put that on the last page i don't know we, we ran into this once before didn't we run into a book where like someone signed the every pages? single page what was that that book you know that one yeah was, i should really know this and it i was really, the one really with the pictures know. but yeah oh that one. but it seemed like for that one like every page was like its own its own piece of art right whereas this is just he only likes the last page. he just likes the last page <laughs> the only one that he's afraid someone might copyright yeah you know, yeah and steal from him um and so that's uh it okay so this is complicated in, in a number of different ways, because as you can see, this is a song. Well, this book was based on a South African story uh, from a songbook that Pete had that he then took and appropriated for himself, which right there is kind of problematic. Now, uh, according to the illustrator, the illustrator, Michael Hayes, going strong, that this guy keeps going and blowing. He His website is basically... He's done other things, but it is pretty much 24-7 Abiyoyo-related stuff. Clearly, this is his most popular book that he's ever done. And he has a lot of background information on Pete Seeger. And he says on the site, Pete put his Abiyoyo story together during the 1950s when Senator Joe McCarthy and his House of Un-American Activities Committee were getting people fired for their political ideas. Many performers and actors were blacklisted and unable to find work because their employers were afraid that they too would be labeled un-American. Pete had not been able to perform at concert halls or appear on radio programs for many years. The Red Scare was the first scary giant, which Abioyo seemed to represent in Pete's story, but not the last. Then he goes on to say that, you know, the mood in America shifted. Uh, Senator Joe McCarthy resigned in disgrace. Pete was able to perform again. 
But then it says every new decade offers up new scary giants. By the early 1980s, Pete said Avioyo seemed to be the technological establishment. Okay. I'm like, look, I know a lot about the late 70s and early 80s, and I'm not sure if the technological establishment was the threat now. Right. Now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. But in any case. So then I did a little more digging. It was hard to find information on this because I was trying to figure out what was the book. What was the book that he got the song from? Very hard to find. I found a whole article about this couple who had a toy store and they named it after Abby Yo-Yo. And I was reading through it and I wasn't getting a lot out of it. But then it said, before we opened, we met Pete at a concert and told him we were going to do this a nice thing, but a capitalist thing, with a name inspired by the song. And they were relieved when Seeger laughed and wished them well. He did ask them to remember Avioyo's origins in South Africa's humanitarian Ubuntu tradition. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's interesting. We didn't know it was the Ubuntu tradition in anything else that I had read, so that's interesting right there and then. But then I found a book. I actually did research for today. Research, Kate. I'm impressed. With books. Good job. And I got this book, Pete Seeger in his own words, um, which was selected and edited by Rob Rosenthal and Sam Rosenthal. And I didn't expect much. I was like, well, I'll see if there's anything on Nabioyo. Maybe it'll mention what the book was he got. I got so much more. Because what happened is I found this uh, column that, Pete Seeger wrote uh, in something called Sing Out Magazine. This was in the fall 2001, summer 2002 issue, which is a really big issue. Anyway, it was talking about how, you remember he, you know, in the jungle, the mighty uh-huh. jungle. Well, that was his song. It was from the, you know, the Weavers, also based on, uh, you know, African, uh, South African specifically um, song. And someone had sued him and the the court said that if 10 words that the guy had written were used the man who wrote them would get all the royalties for the song so pete writes and the guy who did this was named george and he says at first i was bad mouthing george and then i looked through my own sound book song book and found i'd done the same thing on a lot of songs what to do well you have to start somewhere one of my publishers is rewriting the contract on the story song Abby Yo-Yo. Some of the royalties will go to me for writing the story, but some will now go to a nonprofit fund of, and per- forgive me, I-, I can't always pronounce this, of the Osa people in South Africa, because it was a traditional Osa lullaby. The two publishers I worked with for half a century have worked out with me a statement, and then he puts the full statement here. So from that moment on, his money was going back to the tradition that he had taken the story from. Good. This was in 2001. <laughs> he was so ahead of people. We have people appropriating things left and right. They never actually pay money to the people they've stolen stuff from. In fact, he even says in a, in a little later part uh, that he was speaking to... Uh, Joseph Shabalala of Ladysmith Black Mombazo, who told me with a rueful smile, I found that when the word traditional is used about a song, it means that the money stays in New York. Oh. Wow. Ratings time. You go first. Okay, so this is a complicated situation. 
Uh, we have elements. So, okay. From a surely and purely nostalgic level, this is a song, like a book and a song I was very fond of as a child, thanks to Reading Rainbow, when they did it. Looking at it now, the illustrations have elements that have are offensive, I would say. Um, though, of course, we'll put it on Instagram and people can say for themselves if they agree. I was very worried about the cultural appropriation. I like the song. I know how the song goes and that kind of helps, but you wouldn't get that necessarily if you hadn't, if you were just reading the book, right? Um, but I've, I've always liked the book and I've liked the song and I like that Pete Seeger actually started giving money back to the culture that he took the song from. But do I think it is a classic? I'm a straight down the line five. Okay. Okay. I was at the end of the book. I said, uh, huh. Why does this sound so familiar? Oh, that's right. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Explain more. Um, everyone hates him. Then he helps everyone. Then they like him. This is true. It's, I don't. Crowds suck. I don't like the moral behind Rudolph. And I don't like this story. I see what you mean. Yeah. uh, Abiyu's only problem was that he was hungry. It's not his fault. He's a big guy that needs a lot of food. He's also vain because he dances to his own song. He It's his own downfall, Kate. No. If you had a song written about you. Oh, heck yeah, I'd dance. Exactly. Yeah. The Bessie Bird song People would be amazing. are constantly like running away from him and someone dedicated a song to him? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I don't know. I, you can see his little tiny eyes just so aglow with love for that song. I well, I like that you can make the song up if you don't want it to be a waltz. And the illustrations, whatever. But <laughs> it got confusing to me whether they were, like, telling the story or then if they were living I see it. That. I can understand that. Um, yeah. I gave it a 3.5. Oh, wow. That's so low. I, so low. I don't like the, the moral of the All story. Right. Fair point. Fair point. It's funny how 80s it is when I look at it now, which is funny because there's nothing particularly 80s about it. Except if you know books from the 80s, and it clearly is of that era. It's it's very Hey Al. Um, I won't say more. It's a book we haven't done yet. but Okay. Anyway, hey uh, with our scores combined, it's less than a five, which means Sorry, it's not a classic. Pete, Pete, I'm glad you gave the money, but quite frankly, I like The Foolish Frog more. So that's me. That's me. That's my, that's my, uh, my hot take. Okay. Okay. Okay, due to the nature of my magnificent research, uh, I'm skipping letters this week so we can go straight to grown-up things we like. You go first. I have two things, which is probably a bad idea because I'm using them both up, uh, and I probably shouldn't do that. The first is the Instagram feed of an artist by the name of Helen Yoon. Helen Yoon has a book out this year with Candlewick called Off Limits. I personally believe it is one of the best picture books of the year, I will get to the grown-up thing. Trust me on this. And it is so funny, and it should win a Caldecott. Enough said. Great read aloud. But she is not solely... I mean, she's only just started to make children's books. She's an artist, generally. Her Instagram feed, which must have continued for a long period of time, is simply one or sometimes several panel comics done with office supplies in her home. They are shockingly funny. I mean... (laughs) really really good really smart really on the nose and clearly stuff where she was sitting at her desk and was like i'm gonna take the pen and i'll get a toothbrush and i'll put it it's really good i i will link to it in the show notes please check it out 
uh, Helen Yoon's Instagram feed. The other thing is that one of my favorite podcasts is coming back. This is uh, Marlon and Jake Read Dead People, where Marlon James and his editor uh, discuss dead classic works of literature. It is so funny and so good, and I'm happy to say they always sort of put in at least one children's literature thing. In this case, a, for the second season, it was Harriet the Spy. Um, they don't really interrogate that book properly, but the rest of the talk is fantastic. Can't recommend it enough. Okay, mine has nothing to do with uh, books. What? <laughs> or illustrators. How about lit? Uh, no. Terature. No. No? Have you ever oh. heard of One Simple Wish? Nope. It is a charity, and it enables strangers to donate items to foster children. Cool. Um, it's through a wish-granting platform that allows anyone to browse, and then you can grant wishes made by people impacted by foster care and those in underserved communities. So examples of granted wishes include, like, bikes, laptops, eyeglasses, tickets to concerts, clothing, whatever. Uh, they partner with foster agencies, which submit these wishes on behalf of the kids that they're helping. Well, someone on Reddit recently made a comment, and it blew up the internet. Um, I actually saw it on Instagram. And then, it, so people went to this website, and it crashed because it was oh. overloaded. Then they had to make, like, a supplement website to kind of, like, offload the traffic. That crashed. <laughs> it's the phenomenon of um, web pages crashing or being overloaded from Reddit is known as the Reddit hug or the Reddit hug of death, which is... Um, that, that sounds a little closer, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I I'd never heard of this organization before. I think it's brilliant. Um, right now, they're just taking straight donations like money. But hopefully in time, you know, maybe if people listen to this down the road, there will then be items that you can donate. Um, it's called onesimplewish.org if you want to donate. Highly recommend it. So cool. Great idea. And uh, yeah, thanks internet for doing something good sometimes the internet does do good things sometimes it doesn't suck yeah sometimes <laughs> that's why we haven't kicked it to the edge of town and made it leave live over there right. so it can be eaten by monsters <laughs> yeah anyway yeah so that's oh it. that's a really nice one yeah there you go so i'm all boogie and you're all actually helping humanity e yeah. 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 I I should have asked you to pull a uh, 4th of July children's book because I realized... Oh, there's really only one. I will try. Okay. I will try very hard. I'm going. also very curious if people listening to this are going to be able to successfully guess what it might be. Feel free to uh, leave a comment, folks, as to what you think the one 4th of July classic picture book is. I can only think of one. I mean, I can think of others. But only one I would call a classic. Or email so. us at fuseK8 at gmail.com. Exactly. And until you do that, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at fuseK8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our wand wielder is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.